Hi, friends. I'm Lauren. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Okay, But Did You Know? A podcast where we talk about the TV and media that we love with a friend who's never seen it before. Today, we're recapping and chatting about Once Upon a Time, episode 108, Desperate Souls. This aired on January 8th, 2012. It was written by Jane Espenson and directed by Michael Waxman. Um, So I know I said in previous episodes that Jane Espenson written episodes generally have Regina trauma and humor. Yes. For season one, I'm adding on uh, that it's also Rumpelstiltskin backstory. I think all of the Rumpelstiltskin backstory episodes were written by Jane Espenson in this season. Good to know. So yeah, barring maybe one, I think she didn't write, but like the rest of them, it's, she's got a niche. But to be fair, this one did have Regina trauma in the form of basically breaking her ankle. So there's that. That is true. So before we get into the recap and chat for this episode, let's go over a little bit of synopsis. In the Enchanted Forest, mere days before his son is about to come of age and be drafted to fight in a never-ending war. Rumpelstiltskin must make a choice. Let his son be sacrificed for a helpless cause, or do something about it. His first instinct is to run, but when that doesn't work, a beggar tells him a tale that could help him take power and control. He tells him the location of the dagger that controls the Dark One. With a fateful stab, Rumpelstiltskin not only saves his son, but gains the power, making him the new Dark One. And in Storybrook, two weeks after Graham's death, Emma has been acting as sheriff, and now the job is hers. Or so she thought. Regina intercepts the promotion by appointing the local newspaper editor, Sidney Glass. But she is not as all-powerful as she thinks. She can appoint a candidate, leaving it open for a town-wide election. After saving Regina from a fire at Town Hall, she thinks the tide has been turned in her favor, until she realizes that her benefactor, Mr. Gold, set the fire on purpose to increase her odds. When Emma stands up to him, telling the whole town what he had done and how she was not the hero they were all making her out to be, they respected her courage and elected her Sheriff Emma Swan. Mr. Gold doesn't make for a very good friend, but he makes a superlative enemy. I loved that line. I loved Regina, I mean, at the very end. Literally her line as she walks in at the beginning of that scene is, I thought I might find you here with a drink Mm -hmm. and my son. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. That whole scene, she's so good in it. I was like, somebody's mad. Just a little bit. Um, Just a little bit. So I started off, uh, my first note is actually like, I'm Mm -hmm. just now looking for for things every time we're in Mr. Gold's shop. Uh Uh-huh. Like, my eyes are peeled. So what'd you find? And I didn't really, I don't know what I'm finding. I'm realizing I'm not as much of a, Disney and and fairy tale mm-hmm. nerd that I thought it was, I, the candelabra spoke to me. I was like, "Is that Lumiere?" The candelabra is there. Um, could be. Yeah, it could be. There's a couple of things in there that are very in like in the back that like you don't necessarily notice. Uh, there are some beer steins that we'll see later on are the dwarves beer steins from like, you know, Snow White. Um, but this is one of the times where there's a not so hidden Mickey. It's very blatantly there for a split second. At the very end of the episode, Didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I only know because I've I've watched this so many times. And like you blink and you miss it. At the very end of the episode, when Emma uh, confronts him about setting the fire, I guess midway through the episode, whenever it is, um, he goes, uh, "Loads of visitors today," and then like they pan away to him. There's a there's a giant Mickey Mouse figure in the front case. 
Oh my god. Yeah, it's like it's like if you're looking for it, it's hard to miss. If you're not looking for it, it's very easy to not see. That's fair. Yeah. Um, can we just talk about how Sydney becoming sheriff makes absolutely no sense? We absolutely can. Okay, good. It makes absolute zero sense for Sydney to be sheriff. No qualifications for that. No, none. I mean, there's an election, which I guess is I guess, is nice that we finally have that, because that's mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be in the real world, is an election. But I think there's still supposed to be some level of like civil service qualifications to oh, be that yeah. kind of public figure. Because I think here you even have to be like a part of the police department before you can run for sheriff because we we have elections here but i think you do have to be mm-hmm. like you have to have a history <laughs> to be yeah, able to exactly. do that mhm maybe not emma's level of maybe not well i mean like to be fair i think in most cases like you can't just deputize anybody that's not how no. that works even emma becoming deputy i was like wait a minute what him, his whole justification being it's in my budget dude that's not how that works it's a fun time yeah but we did we we it was a good episode like i really enjoy the i i was we'll get into the stats later i enjoy the story of this episode regardless mm-hmm. of my feelings for certain characters oh my because i i really enjoyed this one no i know i really i i like this one too and like this is probably one of the few rumpelstiltskin ones that does as well as it did Oh. For me. So. Well, my theory on another Rumpelstiltskin one is probably not going to be as high. Well, what's what's your theory? My theory that he's Beast in this scenario. Oh. I don't like it. I, I, I need my big, yeah, I can, hairy I, man. I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Just saying, it needs to be a big, hairy man. It doesn't make sense in my brain. No. Mm, that's fair. But I think Regina's thing of like wanting to keep the sheriff station under her and leash, I guess, is the phrasing Mm -hmm. that we used. Like, sure, that makes it makes sense that she would want to do that. But I'm like, there's there's a limit there. Can we just just because he's covered the sheriff station for as long as anyone can remember does not mean that he's qualified to be the sheriff. My brain just went to a weird place. (laughs) I'm like, not like that. It's no, it's like weird math of of who else could Regina be sleeping with as well for the control aspect that we previously have spoken about. And I'm like, does she just continue to sleep with the sheriff? Because um, that would make Snow Queen happen. Just saying. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Okay, Swan Queen. Let's qualify Swan Queen because Snow Queen is an entirely different ship. God, my brain. Swan Queen. You are right. I said the wrong word. I was like... Snow Queen is the ship of Regina and Snow. Yeah, I messed up on that. I blame That's my fine. brain. Swan Queen. The it's words okay. are very Swan close. Queen. They're very. They are very close. Um, I my, my one comment to um Regina wanting to just continually sh- uh, sleep with the sheriff is Sydney wishes. Oh, he. I'm sure he would love that, but unfortunately, that does not happen. I not, mean, not for him. I think most of us would love. that that honestly who amongst us wouldn't right now that we've (laughs) we are amongst friends (laughs) we are amongst friends i mean who doesn't love regina in this podcast let's be real here man now i'm at a loss for words because i'm just like i don't know what's (laughs) i should say and what i shouldn't something i mean deemed (laughs) okay all right i have to say this even though it's like further down in my notes Mm because i just make notes as i go 
But I could yeah. not stop laughing at one point when he's like calling for the dark one. And I mm-hmm. just wrote Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Well, that's basically the idea is once you've got, well, because this whole thing, this is partially the Rumpelstiltskin, you know, retelling and all that. And Rumpelstiltskin names have power. And Beetlejuice, you say him three times and he shows up. And oh my God, mm-hmm. there he is. Uh, <laughs> now said him four times. But as the thing is like saying the name, the true name of the Dark One is what summons said being. I don't want to use he because it's not always a he. Um, yes. The Dark One is an entity. It's not a, uh, clearly as we can see, the Dark One is not a person. It's an entity. It's the literal embodiment of all dark magic in this realm. So it was a very appropriate uh, statement that he's like Beetlejuice. It made so much sense. Yeah. But um, since we're on the topic of the Dark One, because this episode was pretty much all of the the Enchanted Forest was Dark One world building mm-hmm. for the most part through the lens of Rumpelstiltskin. But it, it gave us a lot of information about the Dark One. Yes. Um, so the Dark One before Rumpelstiltskin uh, is a man named Zoso. Uh, to the best of our knowledge and timelines, the way things work, he was the Dark One for a couple of decades. He wasn't the longest Dark One, but he wasn't also the shortest. Um, okay. Zoso. Zoso is a... Uh, reference to Led Zeppelin. What? Apparently Zoso is like an unofficial nickname for Jimmy Page, according to the internet. That is so random and wonderful. But but it is confirmed by the writers that that's what they were going for. They were doing the Led Zeppelin reference with that. So that's confirmed. Oh my god. Now I need to listen to some Led Zeppelin. I know, right? And on the topic of... So, so our, uh, our, you know, guest actor here, um, he's played by Brad Dourif, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, Mm -hmm. he's had a very long career. He's done a lot of stuff, a lot of movies, the seventies and eighties. He was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He was in one of the Lord of the Rings movies. However, I think what most people would know him from, uh, is not his face, but his voice. He's the voice of Chucky, the demon toy. No. I'm a horror mm-hmm. fan. Like, how did... Yep. This man is the voice of Chucky. Steven was just trying to get me to watch that the other day. Oh. Well, they have all the Halloween DVDs out in Walmart with the cool covers. Yeah. And he's like... Mm-hmm. And I got excited. I'm like, I need, you know, the Elm Street. I need this. I need that. Going through all of them. And he's like, you need mm-hmm. the Chucky movies. And I'm just looking at him like, I don't... Okay. I think now you do. I think now I actually do. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So, what other notes do you have for me? (laughs) So, of course, with the the what does gold get out of this? The the guy that keeps coming to take the kids. And I was like, this guy's a dick. Because he is. He is a dick. And luckily, he dies really quickly. I went, wow, the Shiv comment was offensive. Yeah, that one is one time where, like, if I didn't know that Jen Espenson does such a good job writing Regina, I'd be like, who okayed that line? That was so messed up. That's a harsh line to come out of Regina. Like, she's, I I always say that, like, after episode seven, we see a distinct shift in the way that she's Mm -hmm. written. Not here. Not, not, not there. Like, I, I don't know where that one came from, honestly. Um, the logic in my brain for another part of this lovely story, uh, putting mm-hmm. a dagger behind a curtain isn't all that secure. No, it's not. Uh, 
this 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 dagger controls the dark one, one of the most powerful entities there is. Let's put it behind a fucking curtain. Pay no attention to the dagger behind the curtain. <laughs> I need the writers to explain themselves. Y'all couldn't come up with like a locked chest or something a little bit more secure. No, because to be fair, it had to be somewhere where he could grab it while the whole castle was on fire. I mean, yeah, but still. I mean, he did call the Duke of the Frontlands an idiot, so there's always that. He's clearly not the smartest person. This is very, very true. Uh, there is that. My fantasy logic. I've read too many fantasy books. Mm-hmm. That's probably my big problem. Fair. I've read so many that I'm like, nope, nope, that's not how that would work. Mm-hmm. Um, fair. Of course, my my Beetlejuice comment. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Oh look, it's. I went. Oh look, it's the old man. How am I not surprised? Wait, uh, wait. Which point was that? So when he realizes who the Dark One is. Oh, when they reveal that it's the beggar. Okay. When he, when it's the old man, uh, the beggar, and I'm just like, how am I not surprised? Because I know that was a given. I mean, clearly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Regina's face when she has to say congrats. That whole scene, I just I want to just watch rewatch just that whole scene over and I over know. again. It was so good. I wish that was one of the scenes that I had memorized. Unfortunately, it's just like two lines out of that entire thing of just like it's it's the I thought I might find you here with a drink mm-hmm. and my son, and so. then and then like you didn't pick a good friend in Mister Gold, Miss Swan, but he does make a superlative enemy. I Enjoy like the that. word using superlative. Like, that is not yeah. a word you, you hear very often. Regina's got good vocabulary. What can I say? My last my last little note is just, this feels like the time for a conversation on the corruption of power. Yeah. I mean, this one did include, this This is the beginning of all all magic comes to the price, all power comes to the price. This mm-hmm. is where we can, this is the inception, I should say, of one of our main catchphrases. And as I've said before, with the way that I tend to rank episodes that have to do with Rumpelstiltskin, um, they tend to rank lower on, on mine because of what I know happens and what mm-hmm. I know and what I, what go, what he does going forward. And the biggest issue I have with him is his dishonesty um, because he is addicted to the power. Like basically as he, as far as I can tell, um, based as far as I've figured out in the timeline, he is the longest reigning dark one. Um, oh, wow. I believe that the timeline we see of the inception of the dark one happens 500 years before the main timeline. 500? Yeah, 500 years. It should be longer than that. Now the song from Rent's in my head. <laughs> I feel like 500 years isn't enough time, I, I think. But um, my best guess, based off of a couple of offhand comments that people make about another character who you have not met yet, is this is roughly 200 years or so roughly before the events of the main timeline. So he's been the dark one for roughly 200 something years is my best guess. Oh my God. So he, I I tend to view a lot of the stuff that he does later on, even though I don't agree with it and it tends to make things less enjoyable to watch almost like an addict. Oh, it's very, he's, it's very much addict behavior. I'll get to tell you at a later time if I agree. Yeah, when we get there. look, I'm still reeling over on what the hell he was doing in the woods in, in, in a previous <laughs> episode. That's all I have in my head. 
And I'm just like, what was he doing in the woods with the shovel? Time will tell. Look, I just read two different murder mystery books, so. <laughs> he wasn't bearing a body. I can promise okay. you that. Thank you. He wasn't doing that. I want to say you find out in episode 19 or 20. My God, that's still so far away. But that's within this season. That's fair. Not within this year. Ha-ha. No, no, no. Yeah, well, okay, okay. If it's episode nineteen, if the schedule we're going to, it will be this year. If 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 we stick to our, our schedule, you'll see episode okay. nineteen, I believe. Okay, good. But but speaking of just stuff that you won't see for a little while, um, the Rumpelstilts. <laughs> it's a great segue, right? Great. <laughs> uh, the Rumpelstiltskin backstory and everything that has to do with uh his son Balefire. That you do see a little bit more of that towards the end of the season, but he he appears more in the next two seasons. Um, okay. And what happened with Balefire, with uh, Balefire's mother, his wife, uh, Rumpelstiltskin's wife, is one of the few things I will say they stay consistent with. We do see what happens to his wife. I, I just want to hold on to this when when Balefire says, "You told me she was dead," and he takes a pause and then says, "She is." To him. That's not a plot hole that because we see her again, we find out what happened to her. That's not a plot hole. People are like, that's a plot hole. Like, of all the things that they rewrote on the show, no. Listen to the tonality of the way the guy says this. Well, it's like what happened to Frederick. <laughs> you will find out what happened to Frederick. I will find out what happened to Frederick. <laughs> In the episode aptly titled What Happened to Frederick. Right. <laughs> I can't wait for that, honestly, though, because I'm just kind of like that one line that you had to point out to me. Yeah. And, and a whole episode just for that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm genuinely excited to know what happened to Frederick. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the things that, like, I never picked up on that. And honestly, I think until recently. But it's just one of those things that, like, they do drop these things every once in a while that, like, actually do get picked up again <laughs> as the show goes on. Which is nice to see that they do sometimes pay attention. Although I don't, Jane Esmondson, I don't think, wrote the episode that we see it in in season two. I don't think. By season two, she was mostly writing Regina stuff. Mostly. That makes sense. So, um, but so that that's one thing that they do actually carry over, and I actually I'm very excited for you to watch that episode because I really that's that's one that like it's again it's Rumpelstiltskin focused, but I really enjoy it for like mm-hmm. two very specific reasons that have nothing to do with Rumpelstiltskin. Of course, I can think of two specific reasons, possibly, or at least two characters. No, I don't. I don't think you know which. You definitely don't know what what two what the two specific reasons are. Oh, well, not the reasons. I guess I was basing that off of like the two characters is probably involved. No, I, no, I know. I'm saying you haven't met the characters. Oh shit! You haven't met them. They don't I'm, exist. Yet. I was completely basing my theory off of your love of um, Snow and Charming. No, it has nothing to do with actually. No, this we're so off topic. I'm trying to think. Is Snow even in that episode? I don't think so. No, she is. Oh, I was about to say, do you not know? No, I'm trying to think because that that's an episode. That's a. I don't want to get too far ahead of us, ahead of, far ahead of ourselves, because people who have seen season two know what the confusion in my brain is. There's too many timelines going on at that part of the season, so I forget which episodes have who in them. You'll have to like make a timeline for me because I'm not going to know anything that's happening. Season two comes with a flowchart. No worries. <laughs> a flowchart. A flowchart. <laughs> Have I ever told you how happy I am I met you? <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheets and flowcharts, that's what I'm good for. I, uh, there could be a third thing, but I don't know if I can say that. 
while we're on the topic, not not getting too far ahead of myself with season two and timelines and things that work out with Rumpelstiltskin's wife, but um, I did I did look up out of curiosity because I never looked this up before. Um, Rumpelstiltskin's son is Balefire, and we know Rumpelstiltskin is very much into names. That that's mm-hmm. his thing. Is names have have power. Um, so Bay, short for Balefire, is a name of Celtic origin, meaning bonfire, uh, which strong name. Bonfires are strong yeah. entities, right? Um. According to one article I found, and I think you'll enjoy this, um, Bellfire specifically could be in reference to the bonfire that one would create during Beltane. <gasps> I love that. I thought you'd for, like that. Oh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm pagan. So mm-hmm. that makes me very happy, actually. Oh, my goodness. I thought you'd like that. So this is an issue with like, I can't necessarily read my unhinged notes because there's so many of them. This is like why I normally don't because I just pick apart funny ones because how many are there? Uh, take so like the amount you had, which was like what, like maybe five, six comments, oh, it's, roughly. It, um, about ten or twelve, between ten and twelve, actually. Okay, so t- still take take your ten, twelve, not not including like the bits that I highlight as topics for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I am scrolling. There, there, it's. I take a lot of notes of my inner commentary that I don't read on this podcast because it would take five minutes. <laughs> oh my God. Give me the, just to go the, through all of it. Just give me the juicy stuff. Uh, a funny one being Bay, honey. I mean this with all the respect in the world. Shut the fuck up. Right? Like he kept talking and I'm like, shut up. But my, my dude, like calm down. Dude. Kids are like that. At the amount of times I have to tell my own children, shut up. Don't say things. Back on the topic of Rumpelstiltskin uh, and how things that stay in continuity. The tale of Rumpel running from the war is one continuity point that they actually kept. Good for you, writers. We see exact, we do actually see that the moment of him running, like we see him getting conscripted for the war. We get, we see him just why he decides to leave coming home to a wife that can barely look him in the eye. That's very much how that episode happens. This feels some like toxic, uh, toxic masculinity going on there though. Honestly, it's one time I understand the motives of why okay. he did it. It's not necessarily toxic masculinity. It's it is truthfully wanting to be there for his child. Oh, I meant um, more so of the wife not being able to. Oh, and and how everybody's treating him because he left. Mm. Like while I get the whole honor and blah 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 blah. Yeah, like some things you fucking leave for. No, I know. I mean, this is again. I I can't wait until you see what happens with her oh because <laughs> we're like dancing around it. Um, one thing I can say about what happens, and I, I am fully aware that I am biased towards this character because of the actor who plays her. I'm fully oh, aware. who plays her? Rachel Shelley? I this would be Helena from The L Word, for anyone that's seen oh, The L Word. Oh, that's because I haven't seen The L Word yet. Okay, so I am well aware that I am biased towards her, as well as she's not in a whole lot of the show. A lot of the headcanons I have for this character have to do with fan fiction, so I always forget what I come up with and what what's actually on the show. But from her perspective, what we see a little bit of their life, she was told her entire their entire marriage that Rumple did not want to be like his father. He did not want to be the town coward. He wanted to do the, like be brave and do all these things. Mm-hmm. And then this happens. Oh, no. And at that moment, you feel like everything you've been told was a lie and there's betrayal. I get that. Like, this is not at all from this episode. This is all from, like, end of season two. And I'm not even anywhere near to. But, like, 
I, I'm aware people people like to disagree with me about her actions all the time. I fully admit, I fu- I'm fully aware of that. My opinion here is a very unpopular opinion. We but, get to see in the future if we have the same opinion, though. I get the feeling we're not going to. Oh. I, I get the feeling we're going to disagree on. I get the feeling because I, I, I know where I'm coming from, and I know where other people tend that tend to disagree with me come from. I think we're going to disagree. I'm so excited to disagree with something on with you because we don't disagree very often. No, we don't. But it's going to be it's going to be interesting when we get there in episode 204. I'm ready. Can Oh man. Let me get through the rest of these first. We got this. It's going to be great. I'll just keep obsessing uh, over Rumple in the Woods. That's fine. You won't you won't have you you won't have to obsess over that for much longer. I guess in episode 19 or, 19 or 20. I think. So one thing that I pinpointed in this um when Regina went to go confront Mr. Gold Mm-hmm. Uh, is when he says to her, subtlety, not your style, I know. The women in Regina's family, there's a joke amongst them that subtlety is not their thing. I didn't realize how early they'd started this. Oh. I thought this was started much later because after the first instinct of it, where like it's very clear the, 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 the line is, she's not one for subtlety. I'm not telling you who that's about. It's very clear when it gets used as the episodes go on, but I did not realize that the the not not a thing for subtlety started this early in the show, which I thought was cool. I love that I'm knowing all this, but then have no idea the context. <laughs> I I know you have no context because, like, I when I say the women in Regina's family, you you don't know who they are. You've never met any of them. I'm now like, who's Regina's family? It's killing me now. I'm like, damn it, uh, yeah, Lauren. yeah, oh yeah. The only family members <laughs> you've met are Henry and Henry. Yeah, Henry and Henry. I mean, and technically Snow, because stepdaughter situation, but, like, that doesn't really count. She's trying to kill her. Snow doesn't count. Snow does not count. Snow does not count. Fighting fire with fire. Kaboom! Oh, (laughs) yeah, I I just... I went, what the fuck, an explosion? Yeah. That was so random for a show like this. I'm like, why is it... When did we get pyrotechnics in here? What is happening? (laughs) That's where all the budget for this episode went. Oh my god. But I wrote down again Dan Espenson writing more Swan Queen fodder with Emma carrying her through fire. Yeah. But also, like, Regina going from being, help me, like, being a bitch, then going, help me, and then immediately going back to the bitchiness. And I was like, Regina, stop! I I wrote that down. Just that, ow, ow, my ankle, set me down gently. Seriously, you're complaining about how I saved your life? Right? They, I really love their lines between each other most of the time. It's actually really great. Again, like I said, Jen Espenson with the comedy, she's really good with it. And then, like, in, like a like a few seconds later, when Sydney comes in and is like taking pictures, and she went like, "So you're gonna handle the whole election?" And he went, "But it's news, right?" That was the moment that I was like, "See, he should not be the sheriff." <laughs> but it's but it's news. Like he's not wrong. It is news. It's like, it's these small lines that I keep picking up on now that I'm watching it, watching this season, like, so much more closely than I ever have before. It's just a lot of fun to find these new lines that I haven't heard before. For me, I really enjoyed this episode. Like, even the backstory, I was like, all right, I kind of want to know why Rumpel's the way he is. And I oddly enjoyed it, because I'm not a huge fan of Rumpelstiltskin. Mm -hmm. But this this was good. (laughs) This is a good episode, and this one, I mean, this one is very necessary world building, right? Because, I mean, the Dark mm-hmm. One is such a big part of the show. 
how the dark one became the dark one is something that like with the fantasy show that has all this time that you absolutely can focus on. And you've got the time to kind of do these episodes where you see these backstories that may not move the plot forward, but you're seeing. It helps you with your understanding of the characters. Yeah. It helps you see how these characters came to be and like understand their, their motivations and all of that. So I will say though, uh, the ogres war that we see is kind of a catch all whenever they need some kind of big looming threat it's just there's an ogre's war it's unclear if the ogre's war that's going on when uh, at the in this flashback is the same one that rumple fled from it's unclear if it's the same one as far as i can tell it might be but then there's another ogre's war a couple hundred years later oh so. my goodness so they just have constant kind of issues catch-all. with the uh, the ogres. Pretty much. And from what I can tell, it's mostly the humans causing mayhem. It's usually humans causing mayhem. Yeah. It's where most so. our problems are from. Mm. But that's about what I can tell, usually. You know that made uh, me think is... of? Yeah. The Is it State Farm or whichever insurance it is when they have the guy who's just mayhem? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is, is that progressive? No, it's not progressive. Mayhem's oh, another okay. one. I think it's like State Farm or something. No, not State Farm. I don't remember which one it is. It's an insurance company, and the guy just is mayhem. He's all the different yeah. forms of mayhem, and I find mm-hmm. him hilarious. He's very funny. But that's the ogre's war, basically. Is it's just it's your generic chaos. When they need when they need chaos, that's what you get. So am I an ogre? Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Possibly. I don't want to backtrack too much, but I did want to talk uh, a little bit about the election um, mm-hmm. because we, we talked about it at the beginning that there's finally an election as there should be. Yes. Like, we'll learn a little bit something about the will of the people here. Um, this one, just the blooper brain rot on this one really got me for a little bit, especially the, the debate because, um, again, what... Archie being the moderator for the debate doesn't make a whole lot of sense other than he is the other named side character that we have right now. Yeah. Like if anyone I would expect Regina to be the moderator. I th- I I think because she ap- technically appointed the candidate. I, guess. I don't know if she can by technicality. I guess that's true. I suppose. But still our arch the, the town therapist being our moderator doesn't make a whole lot of sense um i did love his little line of uh glass swan it's something that a decorator might make you buy which is right very so cute. cute his and of course his reference to conscience yes but like the blooper brain rot in this one really got me because there's a one of the bloopers is him continually saying emma stone instead of emma swan like over and over and over again we can't help it <laughs> like this poor man oh no because that's not fun for anybody. <laughs> no, it's not. But I, like, I, I want to know, like, what this campaign, how long this happened, like, this whole thing. It happened so fast. This this is one, like, if I was still clocking pacing, uh, this would lose pacing points. Because in my old stats rewatch that I was doing for the TikTok account, um, I had a category for pacing, which was both how the episode felt to watch, but also how quickly or h- how well paced the events of the episode are like within the episode. So if it's just a couple of days, how much is happening in just a couple of days? Like roughly right now I can say each episode, if it doesn't span a week, they are about a week apart. 
I would say, because in episode 11, Emma will be looking for something specific um, that she says was checked out three weeks prior. And Regina says, um, if and if they're checked out three weeks ago, that means they burned in a fire, a fire that I believe got you elected. And those episodes, that's three episodes apart. So like, that's the best I can figure uh, out. Yeah, that's really fast for an elect. Like, I mean, the debate is immediate. And, like, that's... It's basically a couple of days yeah. between the election, well, between Emma... D- this town might not understand how elections work, since they've never had one. <laughs> I mean, this is entirely possible. Think about it, Regina's always been mayor. This is true, for as long as anyone can remember, which uh-huh. Regina quotes twice. In this episode, she says, for as long as anyone can remember, twice. And I'm like, honey, we get it. Please dial it back. Right. But maybe that's what it actually is. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's how the curse alters their memories. Now, now that you know that Regina knows and the curse is real, I don't have to dance around that anymore, which is just makes my life easier. I just like being right. I know. I know you do. <laughs> Except for when I get really angry because I actually finished a murder mystery book like yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. knew who it was 30 pages in. Oh, that's not that much fun. I knew who it was. I'm reading the book, and they kept trying to, of course, throw out, it could be this person, it could be this person, it could... I'm like, it's not. 420 pages. To know who the that's... killer is the whole time. Now, that's just that's just bad writing. I... But as we've said, I pick up on things. Mm-hmm. Which comes from understanding story structure. You can usually figure out what's going to happen. And I, I do feel like a lot of writers, even though they like to think they're coming up with these bizarre things. Yeah. Like they, they're they they're falling into Occam's razor of the most logical explanation is usually the correct one. Uh, just between the amount of books that I read, the amount of psychological thrillers I watch, and horror. All the different things that I take in. Mm-hmm. Um. It, when, I, when I get to a certain point, like, I can't help it. Like, I'm probably terrible to yeah. watch movies with. Probably <laughs> terrible. Because I just, I could just, I pinpoint when things happen. Like, when I told yeah. you that Steven and I watched The Flash, I was like, time travel. We're doing time travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not to keep bringing up my, uh, the conversation that I had with Victoria Smurfett. Always bring Now that going up. on, like, two years ago. Just <laughs> always bring that up i absolutely love these stories so at the time this is what started the conversation that just brought us down a whole freaking rabbit hole of what ended up being a 20 minute conversation um i was writing a story that started as fan fiction of her character cruella and another character once upon a time it was a fan fiction idea to start out with um I had gotten a cameo from her the year prior and i at the time because i was basically kind of using like my my like my convention budget on cameos at that point because it was the it was the pandemic where was i going yeah so i like to ask when i did those um like what types of stories would they like to see like what what do they what do they seek out or stuff like that and then that she basically gave me permission to write cruella fan fiction she said like if you could just write a a happy ending for cruella that'd be great and i'm like okay right i'd love that which was adorable so i i told her i'm like so i i did take your advice (laughs) And I started writing the story that um, was a, was a Corella fan fiction idea, um, and it was a romantic suspense idea. So basically, the idea behind it was there's an affair that goes badly, and then there's murder. That's basically all I had, um, but I didn't necessarily have the motive or the killer, but I just knew the guy had to die. Oh, like it was basically like husband and wife. Wife has affair with her college best friend. Husband dies. 
That was the basic idea. Okay. So I told her this. And I'm like, this is the, I, I, I told her in much more detail than that. Cause I had much more detail. Also the character's name was Victoria. Cause I was not creative at coming up with character names at the time. But I told her like, this is the idea. And she went, okay, let's figure this out. So she was trying to help me figure out motives and who could have done it. I love that. Which is, which is just adorable. And then ultimately, um, I think she, she was starting to come up with other ideas. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. Eventually, I think I figured out the guy's brother did it. Why did the guy's brother do it? Because he was in love with the wife. Why does everybody love this wife? Because she's the main character. Main character energy. Main character energy. But again, I, this, I'm, I, I, have shel- I have since shelved this project. I am well aware I don't have the skills yet. I think that's an okay thing to like recognize about something is I don't have the skills yet to write this story to the degree that it would need. That's fair. I've not given up on it. I've put it to the side, but I ref- I refuse to give up on this story because I put a lot of work into it back then. I think I could write it better now. I'm not going to. I have other things going on, but I do think I'll be able to write it better as I get as I get better as a writer. Yeah, because you're just, you're like getting closer and closer bit by bit to finishing so much. Everything is just like that much that, finished. That every day, I want to message you like every day and be like, "Give me news," but. I know that's going to get annoying, so I don't. And I'm like, I just, I need it just as much as you do at this point so I can be happy for you. <laughs> I know. I just, I want to be able to finish the stories that I'm working on. The The last one I read was really, really great. I could use more of that. Do you want to go into uh, the official stats of yes. how we ranked this episode? I would love to do that. Who's going first? Um, I would like you to go first. And then I would like you to guess what mine was. Um, okay, so I really liked the plot to this. Mm-hmm. Thought it was yeah. a great plot. Like you said, the pacing really sucked, but we're not judging pacing. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked the plot. I gave it a 10. Okay. I gave character 8 because that one guy was a dick. <laughs> like, Hordor. I could have done yeah. I could have done without as much Hordor, in all honesty. Yeah. Like, we fair. got it the first interaction. We got it. He's an asshole. Don't need yeah. more of him. That's fair. Uh, personal, I gave a nine, so I gave it a 27. Okay. I think yours is either going to be about what I gave it or a point higher. You would be incorrect. Oh, shit. What is it? So the highest score I gave this, I did give this a 10 for character because it's dark one backstory. It's not a whole, there's not a whole lot of plot in this one. There is, but it's, it's very important world building. It's nice. It's good. It's very important world building. It's a very important backstory that we absolutely need. Um, for plot, I gave it a six just because I, there's just there's not a whole I mean, there's not a whole lot of it to begin with. And what's there is it, it's this isn't necessarily filler because what happens here is necessary because this is something as the show goes on, um, we see more Emma and Regina need to be on equal footing. And mm-hmm. her as sheriff is the best way to get us there, right? Her gotcha. as deputy doesn't really put them on equal footing, but her as sheriff puts them on relatively equal footing. So I get it, but like, there's just not a whole lot of plot. For as much as I do appreciate that the plot that they set up does actually get set up in the way mm-hmm. that they start it, I still gave it a six. Um, and I gave it a seven per- for personal because for Ripple Soltzkin, I almost gave it a five for personal that I'm like, you know what? The stuff that I like about this outweighs the fact that it's about Ripple Soltzkin. I w- I'm surprised. Well, this is a point where I, st- I don't mind him. When he starts to get really, really on my nerves, it's really more later of this season, beginning of season two, 
is where he really starts to get on my nerves. So right now I don't have a, I can't hold what he hasn't done yet against mm-hmm. him technically. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I think for me is I am a prequel girly. I really love prequels and this is mm-hmm. backstory and I really like getting, I like knowing my characters. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's what it is for me. That's probably why I enjoy it so much. I need to know as much as I humanly can about my characters mm-hmm. yeah. to really enjoy them. And I liked getting that. No, I, I, I completely get that. And we get even more backstory. Like this is not the earliest, obviously this is not the earliest in the timeline we see, as I said, that we will see like the inception of the dark one in a few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one got a total of 23, which is not the lowest ranked episode. Price of gold is still the lowest one at a 21. I'm just over but, here like, damn, I thought it was pretty good. I en- I enjoy it to a point, but it's, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. To close us out, I do have two little fun facts Ooh. to close us out. Um, at the very end, and we'll see it more concretely in a couple of episodes, uh, Emma is actually wearing uh, Graham's shoelaces as a bracelet. Just as like a way to kind of keep him close, which I think is, and I think eventually we'll actually, we'll even, eventually we'll even see his boots just in the background of her office, which I think is just a cute Easter egg to kind of That's see. so sad. It is sad. But it's nice that she kind of has a memento. Like she keeps, she hangs on to those mementos of the people that she cares about. Mm-hmm. And the very last one, just kind of on the subject of writing, as we were talking about it before, um, Rumpelstiltskin mentions that they have, um, like when they're on the road running, he says to Hordor, that they have some wool to sell at the fair of uh, Longbourn. Longbourn is a reference to the Longbourn estate in Pride and Prejudice, which is Jane Espenson's favorite novel, further proving that no matter what type of writer you are, it is okay to put in references to your favorite pieces of media. Pride and Prejudice is my favorite book. I just love that she put that in. I own multiple copies of that book. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Pride and Prejudice. The Kira Knightley one's on uh, Netflix right now. That's that's. I really like that one. There's a guy that actually did a whole series comparing mm-hmm. the the two the, the 2003 one and the series that was done. Uh huh. Yeah. It's a good series on TikTok. I really enjoy oh, that nice. one. I just read uh, Pride and Prejudice and Pittsburgh, which is like not like a. It, it's kind of a Pride and Prejudice retelling, but not really. It's more time travel romance Mm -hmm. um but she very specifically put in a uh 2005 bbc uh you know confession of love in the rain sequence which is always appreciated thank you all for listening join us next time when we discuss bob's burgers season two episode one the belchies and season two episode two bob day afternoon don't forget to like rate and follow the podcast wherever you listen so you can be notified every time we publish a new episode And follow us at obdyk underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. This has been an episode of OK, But Did You Know? A TV and media podcast. It was hosted by Lauren and Katie and edited by Lauren.